0: Attack of the Final Girls is a podcast about the horror genre, so listener discretion is advised. Please check the show notes for specific content warnings for this episode. And of course, beware of spoilers.
1: Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of Attack of the Final Girls. I am Teresa.
0: And I'm Juliet, and uh, this is our first episode of a podcast all about horror. We are both uh, big horror film and horror genre fans, and uh, we're going to start with film, but you'll see some other media creep in as well. And today, for our first episode, we're going to be talking about 13 Ghosts. We watched it together uh, just a couple weeks ago, and uh, we're going to take you to that conversation right now.
1: So, alright, so it's our first proper episode, right? It is. It's our first proper in the wild episode of Attack of the Final Girls. Um, on this episode, we watched, prior to this, we watched 13 Ghosts, or I guess you could say Thir-13-N Ghosts, <laughs> if you're pronouncing it phonetically, based off of the way that they had it on the poster. <laughs> It's very stylized. It's like the Dayton band Brainiac where half the letters are numbers. So confusing. <laughs> and I like when I was typing it into IMDb to look it up, because inevitably I always want to do IMDb stuff, uh, I typed in T H I R and then it came up automatically and it was like, even on IMDb guys. And that the one is a T, why? Why is that a thing? That shouldn't be a thing. <laughs> one one is universally i right so is it 13 ghosts <laughs> i don't even know how you would say that that makes my head hurt like, <laughs> i try to visualize
0: it in my head and then i try to say it and i'm like no <laughs>
1: do not like yes so i would imagine that that was probably a nightmare for the studio and for all of the designers and every everybody who was like oh yeah so you're just going to do that p- for the poster right and they were like no that's the name of the movie. It's the real name of the movie. We have to have the 13 inside the word 13. Because we just want to hammer it into their head that it's 13. <laughs> just in case they forget. Yeah. That if they can't read, they only know numbers, they know. It's 13. Guys. 13. I'm, I know I'm really going on about this, but it seems like such a design nightmare. And, like, a stu- from a studio point of view, like, really? You guys want to do that? Like, 13? Thir- <laughs> It's 13 inside of 13. Doesn't make any sense. Anyways, a gem of 2001. 2001 Uh, horror. so beautifully of its time in 2001. (laughs) The first thing, but before we even started the movie, you always want to check out the the special features on any DVD because why not? It's a 2001 DVD. Like, you kind of have to. So we go on there and there's this club mix thing right? Is that what it was called? Club It was called a club mix. Yes. So we're like, what's a club mix? (laughs) So we click on it. And it's a kind of music video cut together from footage of the movie to excess by the band Tricky, which is very 2001. Yes. But also why? Uh, Why not? Is the real question. What I really want to know, is there one for Queen of the Damned?
0: Is there a club mix?
1: Oh, we're going to have to see. We have a whole Anne Rice
0: journey ahead of us, (laughs) and we're just going to have to investigate this. Oh,
1: I can't wait. Um, Random aside, I love Interview with the Vampire, and I saw a meme the other day. It was just a screenshot of when Norm MacDonald was talking about it on SNL, and he was like, my review of Interview the Vampire needs to be more gay. And I was like, he's not wrong. I know he was doing that for the laughs." In, but he's not wrong. Yeah, in the '90s, but like, it does need to be more gay. Much it, it's it's pretty gay. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Queen of the Damned. Can't wait. Maybe we should just m- cut together our own club mix for YouTube of Queen of the Dam Queen of the Damned with uh, Tricky yes. over it. <laughs> yes.
0: Like, like. Oh, see, that's perfect because like, that's like an early 2000s fan vid.
1: Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That needs to happen. And then when we go to play it in goth clubs, we can put that on the projector behind us. Yes. And sync up the light show with it. And mm-hmm. then everybody is ready to go. Mm-hmm. So this is all to get you in the mindset of where you need to be when you're watching 13 <laughs> you, Ghosts. You need
0: to be in 2001 listening to Tricky. <laughs> That's where <laughs> you need to be.
1: <laughs> you need to be thinking, trip pants, mesh shirt, am I dying my hair green, am I dyeing it purple, will my mom let me go out of the house with this black eyeliner on? <laughs> <laughs> this is where this is where we're at. This yeah. is 2001. At least that's where I was. Like is my yeah. mom going to let me wear this sh- shirt that's made of zippers? I don't think so. <laughs> Cuz when this came when 13 Ghosts came out I was 11. So
0: I was 17 or 18.
1: Yeah. Formative years for yeah. us both. Yeah, you, I saw this in the theater. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So you're getting ready to graduate high school. Uh-huh. You're listening to Tricky. I am. S- secretly, probably on vinyl, because that's how you do it. You do it. Oh, not in 2001 you were doing vinyl. No, not yet? No. Okay. Vinyl,
0: vinyl Resurgence was a few years later. No, I this see. was straight up CD. I was working in a CD store. Oh, that's right. And Tricky on the overhead.
1: <laughs> 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 see, I was only watching this because my best friend's mom uh what is disabled and and she uh like had every single cable package that you could possibly watch so that was like you know and this was direct tv time so you could like go through all of the um everything that's playing and you could also this was like right when they were like oh you can search for when this thing is going to be on and you can tivo it which is like it was mind-blowing back in the day we
0: we forget like, with all of the streaming services, you know, my biggest hassle is, like, which one is it on? Yes. It's like, oh, right. It was not that easy.
1: <laughs> yeah, you you might have to wait, like, two or three weeks to be able to TiVo something. Yeah. And you're like, okay, all right, 13 Ghosts is going to be on, but it's not going to be on until wednesday night at eight and i'm not going to be home because i'm going to be at my friend's house or whatever so i gotta TiVo it and then i have to make sure that i watch it in the allotted amount of time otherwise TiVo will purge it or my mom will override it with whatever survivor whatever everybody was watching in <laughs> 2001 i don't even know what like what was on and to be TiVoed in 2001 I, it, yeah i uh buffy and angel was still on yes it was so that's true that's I, true. I, I think angel x files was just ending yeah so it y- ended in
0: 2000 or 2002 it ended when i ended high school which is <laughs> cosmic and interesting
1: <laughs> cosmic interesting amazing so we're at the time when uh we're tivoing things when when movies are coming out you're seeing them on hbo on the likes there was only like six hbo channels then we didn't have HBO Max, right. <laughs> so <laughs> we, we're on, like, one of the six HBO channels. We pick our HBO. We we TiVo this. We watch 13 Gifts. It's... It is so 2001 in its execution, in its mix of, like, sort of bad effects, but really good practical effects, and, like, insane amounts of production value. It's, it, like, when you watch it, you're like, okay, yes, this came from the early 2000s. This 100% could never have come from anything else. We're, like, kind of getting out of the the late 90s stuff where, like, like, uh, Scream, Scream 2, more practical, more, like, uh, I feel like the Scream movies are less obvious with the gore and, you know, this one, no holds barred. All the gore. It just has to show everything. Yeah. N- n- uh, people getting scratched up. All of these ghosts having terrible wounds all over them. <laughs> um, really bad things and squishing happening to certain people in the movie. So, um, d- also, spoiler alert, I guess, for <laughs> this movie. I mean, movie. this whole podcast is a giant <laughs> it's spoiler It's one big alert. spoiler alert. Should be Attack of the Spoiler Alerts. Oh, that, that's a good alternate title. <laughs> no, Attack the Final Girls is way. Is that that's, that's like better. yeah? No, that was a perfect title. We have the branding with. already. We can't go back. <laughs> yeah <laughs> There's no way. There's no way we could go back. That could be like uh, later, uh, Patreon only shirt. This is Attack. The spoiler alert. There we go. Um. So yeah. Like wh- what? When when you first saw this movie, what were what were your uh, initial thoughts? um
0: very similar to my thoughts now which is like the house is really cool yeah it's very interesting um uh god this is so telling i wanted to read the latin on the walls because i was definitely (laughs) taking latin in 2001 (laughs) also uh because i'm a nerd (laughs) um oh catholic school oh catholic school (laughs) and classics degree all of them (laughs) um yeah i so when i first saw it in the theater i remember thinking number one that it wasn't as scary as i thought it would be um for being a horror film it's not it doesn't even have a lot of jump scares i mean save for some of the stuff with the ghosts on the glass but even that is mild compared to the way jump scares can be effectively executed sure um the like I said the house is cool. I you know I'm a nerd for like interesting spaces and stuff like that. I had probably just read House of Leaves, so Ooh. um you Ooh. know <laughs> houses and architectural spaces and horror are always very interesting to me. Yeah. Um so I liked that but we didn't get enough of like that like How does the house work? Yeah. And then the biggest thing is, like, you've got these 13 ghosts and I want to know... I I care more about the 13 ghosts than I do the people in the movie. Exactly. I would rather know more about
1: them. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that that was a thing, like... I feel like the draw of the movie doesn't even really come in until maybe, like, halfway, two-thirds of the way through. Mm -hmm. When you really start to crack into... Um, And I'm not going to remember this character's name because she's kind of like passively important anyways, but um, it's um, Cyrus's Cyrus, the guy who's owning, uh, who owns this big gigantic class house who has ostensibly died and left it to um, his nephew, Arthur, uh, his girlfriend, when she really starts cracking into like, she pulls this big book out of her, which being a book nerd, I'm like, oh, yeah, let's crack into this book. I I gotta know. (laughs) It's book time. Yeah. So she cracks in this book and she's like, "Yeah, so you gotta have these thirteen ghosts, and there are all these archetypes: the juggernaut, the uh, the baby and the mom. I can't remember what the official name is.
0: The overgrown it's some it's something like the overgrown child, the overgrown child, and the aging mother. Yeah, I believe is the archetype.
1: So she's cracking into those, and you're like, I need." I need to know more about this. I need to know more about, like, what's happening in this particular thing. And I don't care so much about this whole family. Yeah. And and also, like, so many unanswered questions. Like, she just throws out, like, this huge amount of lore in the middle of this movie. and She's like, yeah, this dude in the 15th century, he was possessed by demons. Not a big deal. He made this entire thing. Not a big deal. Don't even worry about him. What the important part is... Is that this is a faithful representation of that. And you're like, you're just going to drop on me some 15th century mythical, demonically possessed dude. And then I can't even remember the guy's name. But you're just, gonna, I want to say bilious. It's not bilious. <laughs> but you're just going to drop all this on me. And then you're just gonna be like, don't worry about that. Worry about this family trying to escape. Yeah,
0: I don't, I don't particularly care care about the family.
1: Right? You're like, you're like the kids cool. He's like a early generation podcaster <laughs> with um, his little like Mr. Microphone and his <laughs> Razor scooter. Yes. He's like the first um he's like a mini Gale Weathers. He's like yeah. a, tra- a a scooter journalist. Um keeping track of all the deaths that are happening. And then they don't like we were talking about this earlier while well, as we we're watching it. There's not enough movie to cram in all of no. the cool stuff to talk about. Because you either flesh out these characters and make the audience care about them. Like you care about Tony Shaloub's character, you care about Arthur because his wife died. And I guess you care about the kids because they lost their mom. But like the housekeeper.
0: Which which is also a shame because she is the only black character. Yeah, um, and she, of course, being being a movie from two thousand one, is a very stereotypical black character. She does live, yes, which is unusual for that era, yep. but she is, um, you know, your very stereotypical like outrageous black woman archetype. Yeah, um, and very
1: loud. Yeah,
0: uh, very. Um, set up against sort of the typical white sympathetic family. She's our outrageous kind of foil to them.
1: Yeah. And the housekeeper. Yeah. And
0: she's, and she is a housekeeper. Yeah. So there's that. Like a
1: live in housekeeper and the constant, like ongoing um, thing is like, I don't get paid enough to do that. Or like that wasn't in the job description. Like literally the last lines of the movie are her. I did. This wasn't in my job description. I quit housekeeping. I will never do this again. Like, really? <laughs> yeah. Like, could could we not have?
0: And and the thing is, like, she's kind of the hero, and yet, like, okay, points for this character being the hero, but also she is such a a thin character, right?
1: Um, it's only because she ended up being in that room at that time. Like it, it had almost nothing to do with the fact that she was inquisitive or like had some sort of engineering prowess, you know, like she really just kind of went in there and i thought it was kind of weird that they did like the you know like the record the record noise oh, from like yeah I, I was like is that on purpose like i think it, it was uh, this, so that's kind of lame they i don't know what that's called but like a record scratch noise
0: well it was literally like so in in the movie we've got this chanting that's on an old reel tape that's supposed to draw the ghosts to where they need to be for this ritual and at one point you hear this like record scratch and it's almost like needle drop hip-hop beat and it's like and it's her it's the the housekeeper character um messing with the controls which eventually leads to her saving everybody but again it's like really yeah really that's how we're gonna introduce the fact that she's the hero is like needle drop hip-hop beat like And
1: she's not given any credit for this. No. Like, the family isn't like, oh, my God, thank you so much for doing this. There's no heartwarming reuniting. Like, she doesn't feel like part of the family through the most of the movie because she's not part of the family. And almost immediately, she gets paired off with Matthew Lillard's character. And she's basically detached from the family. She ends up, like, losing the little boy at the beginning because they were playing and he got away from her. And she's basically separate from the family, like, almost through the entire movie until they're able to all kind of, like, meet back up. But she doesn't feel like anybody really cares about her. She doesn't feel like she's particularly attached to them. Which, I mean, they're her employer, so, I mean, how much could you be attached to them? But she's not given any thanks. And then her final moments in the movie are her being like ridiculous and talk about how this isn't in her you know contract or whatever which felt like kind of an odd note to end on I know that it was supposed to be like comic relief after kind of a heavier you know ending with like sacrifice and stuff or thinking that you have to sacrifice yourself and then maybe that not being the case but it was like really like this is where we're gonna end it and nobody has said like thank you or oh my gosh so, so glad that you were there to you know mess this whole ritual up Did you
0: notice, too, so I I was slightly mistaken. A moment ago, I referred to her as the only black character. There was another black character, which was one of the ghosts. Did did you pick up on the weird thing where she, so everybody in the film, there are these special glasses, and if you put them on, you can see the ghosts Mm -hmm. um, in their containment rooms or when they escape. If you don't have the glasses on, you can be attacked or manipulated or touched by the ghosts, but you can't see them. Right. So there's a scene as they're exploring the basement fairly early on and Mm -hmm. she's with Matthew Lillard's character. Right. And, um, she takes the glasses from him at some point and they're looking at the hammer. Uh Uh-huh. Um, who is a black man who has a kind of iron spikes Mm -hmm. all over his body. And he's, he is framed as being one of the more brutal of the ghosts. Right. And they spend a long time with like her kind of staring at him. And Mm -hmm. it it just struck me as odd that you have like this weird, almost like moment of connection between the two characters of color who are both archetypes. You know, you have this black man being positioned as like, very savage, very brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, his his sort of ghost persona is very associated with work and manual labor. Sure, and right. then you have this Black woman who's associated with domestic work and domestic right. labor and being the sort of assistant to a white family. Sure. Um, and I don't know if that was intentional at mm-hmm. all that they spent just like longer than a beat, just enough that I could notice it like staring at each other.
1: Right. I, I don't know did did that moment stand out to you at all um i it's strange because it it didn't stand out to me for that reason, but it did stand out to me that they focused on him as a ghost uh, mm-hmm. one of the things that I like wrote down as being especially poignant in my notes is that they really only focus on like three or four of the ghosts at all, yeah, and he's one of them. the hammer is, and he's called the hammer because he has a hammer, but he's covered in railroad spikes. Um, I think the hammer is the name of his archetype. So it's not even like his name personally, he's completely depersonalized. We don't know anything else about him. We just know he's covered in railroad spikes. He's super brutal, very mean, but I didn't pick up on that in particular, but it was like distracting that they focused on just him as a ghost. Maybe it's because of his brutality, because most of the ones that they do focus on are the more brutal ones, the juggernaut, the hammer. Um, the jackal, because she's, like, scratching everybody up. And then the angry princess, although that's because she's naked. And not because she's particularly brutal, because actually the angry princess doesn't hurt anybody. She chases after the daughter with the knife, but the daughter gets away. The dad comes in, and then the daughter, you know, is called away, so she doesn't actually end up hurting her. But they, uh, they definitely, like, had an interesting idea of which ones they wanted to focus on versus the other ones so but interesting uh, um to go back to the housekeeper when we are introduced to this family they're living in this teeny tiny apartment like it becomes a thing where the dad gets pissed because the son has his scooter on the floor and he trips over it and it's clear that they're kind of they're not in dire straits but they're definitely not living like the best life the mom their mom has Recently died. I think six months is what they said.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: They lost everything in a house fire. They're living in this apartment. But yet they have a housekeeper.
0: Yeah. And they say the dad is a teacher. Right. He's a math teacher.
1: Yeah. So he's a math teacher. But it looks like the older daughter, she doesn't seem to be high school age, at least as from what I can perceive. And I don't think Shannon Elizabeth was at all high school age when this was actually like filmed. So I'm wondering, like. Why would they wrap in a housekeeper? If the, Is it just that they needed another body and they were like, oh, this will be funny. She can be the foil. She can be the, the comic relief. Or was there something more... I can't imagine that there would be anything with more substance to why they needed that her as an extra character. And that they kind of just like... like it was like she was written as a throwaway character. Yeah. And like... She is actually the hero of this entire story, but yet nobody ever says thank you. We, we don't get a reuniting. She's completely separate from them at the end of the movie. And that's it. Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> it seems like such a weird, like, stop for her.
0: Yeah, it's... The whole thing is very strange. I mean, so having not seen this movie in a long time, I mean, mm-hmm. I've seen it since I saw it in the theater, but having not really focused on it in a long time... I couldn't, I didn't remember that she was the hero and I was just waiting for the fact like, oh, of course she'll, she'll die fairly early on. I knew she wasn't the first death because I knew that was the lawyer, but I was like, oh yeah, she'll, you know, yeah, 2001, a black character, they'll kill her off in some, you know, with, with some witty last line or something. But instead her witty last line comes after being the hero, which was like slightly surprising. But I had to resist sort of giving the movie props for making her the hero because, as you point out, she's completely separate from the family. Yeah. Um, her setup and everything, it just makes her not a character of substance. So it's like they get half a point for making her the hero. Yeah. But, like, negative 15 <laughs> for, you know, n- treating this character really badly and making her barely a character.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, the... The, the one thing I did actually like that about the housekeeper is she's a woman in charge that doesn't take crap from yeah, anybody. Agreed. Like, she definitely does set boundaries. I think um, the daughter also, um, they are characters that are kind of written in a way that, um, with the exception of, as Juliet pointed out while we were watching, because I was like, oh, you know, this is kind of um, refreshing. Characters that aren't overtly sexualized. For the most part, Um, with the exception of the angry princess, obviously completely naked, full frontal. Well, I don't know if it's even full frontal, but she definitely has her breasts out the entire time and they're all slashed up. It's definitely for shock value. I think it's full frontal implied. Okay. Um, And then the daughter who not overtly sexualized during the course of the movie, which is actually fairly surprising for an early 2000s movie. We don't really get any kind of offhand comments from any men in the movie. We don't really get um, towards really any of the women that are there. Um, But we do have the scene with the jackal, as you had pointed out, like the jackal kind of pushes the daughter up against this one of the glass walls and she's the jackal's modus operandi is scratching. So she's like scratching the crap out of her. Well, they immediately focus on her boobs and, like, she's getting her chest scratched up. And I feel like if they had focused on that for even a couple more seconds, her boob definitely would have come out. Oh, yeah. Which, it's weird that they would have pulled back from that, considering they have an entire ghost who shows her boobs in every frame she's in. So, what? But props to a movie that doesn't, like, have a bunch of... Especially because there's so many men in the movie, none of yeah. them say like, you know, there's no offhand comments, there's no um, romantic interludes, there's no like random, you know, sexualization of women. Maybe they were like, well, we've got that one naked ghost, that's enough.
0: I, I I'm guessing that was based on the choice to make it a family mm-hmm. going to the house because I think if they had done the thing, um, I'm thinking of, oh my goodness. A th- thousand different movies but like the the latest texas chainsaw comes to mind where it's like um a young adult Mm -hmm. is the inheritor and they go to the house like with a group of friends okay i bet they would have completely sexualized her and a lot of the other characters that makes sense um you know again i'm thinking there are a bunch of movies like this i think one of the Oh, I'm going to say it wrong. I think it's one of the wrong turns, but I'm probably wrong about that. Anywho. Um, but Texas Chainsaw, very specifically the newer one, you know, she inherits the house with Leatherface in the basement, but there's a whole subplot, you know, this friend is sleeping with this boyfriend. And, oh, you yeah. know, we get a thousand different scenes with different female characters, you know, taking their shirts off of and course. changing and things like that. So of course. had had the setup been that... I bet we totally would have gotten it. It it, it would (laughs) have been hard to shoehorn in with like a family. Sure. dad situation.
1: That makes sense. Um, Yeah, that, that, it it was like, it, it was kind of surprising, but on the other hand, it's not surprising at all because one of the other things that I've noticed about this movie is that there is too much story to fit in a 90 minute movie. Yes. It's way too much. So like, we either need to focus on the family and the interactions between the family, or we need to focus on the intense amount of really cool storytelling that could have been there. We're talking about Juliet and I just spitballed this for maybe like three minutes. And we were just popping off ideas left and right where they the ghosts are called the dark zodiac. So there's like these archetypes, right? There's 12 archetypes that you must have in order to fuel this machine, which powers the Oculus Imperium, which is the Eye of Hell. And if you have access to it, you can see all of the dimensions and all of time at one time. So that's like the goal of, that's what you find out the goal of Cyrus's character. That's what he's doing. He's captured these archetype ghosts He's trapped them in his home. He's invited his nephew to come here so that he can become the thirteenth ghost, which is a the thirteenth ghost has to sacrifice himself as an act of pure love. He has to be living, then become dead, then Cyrus will become the uh the controller of this Oculus Imperium. Okay? That's so cool. I know, it's so much more interesting than anything else in and this movie. All of that is just kind of like tossed in like Oh yeah! Like, oh, like, by the way, yeah. D- don't worry about that though. We gotta get out of the. Gotta get out of here because these ghosts are real, real bad. It's like, yeah. and the other thing is, Matthew Lillard's character is a medium. He had in, uh, while he thought Cyrus was alive, had helped Cyrus to capture these ghosts. So he was like a medium who was able to, um, channel the ghosts into the boxes that this guy had trapped them in. Um. But he talks about how most ghosts can't touch you and can't hurt you. But these specific ghosts somehow are able to do that, whether or not you can see them. Why? Yeah. Why? They never tell us why. Like, what about these particular ones, like, make it so that this can happen? The other thing is, we have no idea how Cyrus has come upon this idea, how he's come upon this book, how he has learned all of these arcane uh, rituals and spells that will allow him to capture these these ghosts so that he can do this thing and so we're like well we want to know about the the cult of the black zodiac like what about them yeah why which don't we is something we just made up yeah yeah like, like that's totally a fake thing but we got to know about this the other huge thing these ghosts these archetype ghosts we get n- almost nothing i i think Literally nothing about, number one, why they're archetypes, mm-hmm. outside of just the way that they look. Which, even then, is not necessarily spelled out for you. Like, the juggernaut. He's a juggernaut because he's tall? Uh, yeah. Th- sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the angry princess. She's the, the naked girl. Why? Why is she the angry princess? Like, why do we... There's the the pilgrim, which is a woman who's in stocks, who apparently died in stocks. Why is she the pilgrim? Is it because she's actually, like, a pilgrim from pilgrim times? Or is it because she's, like, did a pilgrimage and ended up in stocks somehow? We don't get any of that. Which seems like such a failure of storytelling. Because that stuff is, like, so juicy, like, so messed up. It could be so cool.
0: So I do know that on the DVD, mm-hmm. they have extras where right. they tell the story of each of the ghosts. And Cyrus narrates. Okay. Okay, but, like, put it in the movie. Yeah,
1: right? Like, just, <laughs> you know? it, it's, it's like a tease. And when you're in the theater watching this, you don't have those extras. No. Like, you're not going to be able to watch the extras in the theater And some of those ghosts, like, we get to see, like, the the mother and the child, we only get to see them, like, three times in the whole movie. And one of them is at the end, when they're all, like, together. Same with the pilgrim. Yeah. We
0: see her, I think, in one shot, like, running when all the ghosts are starting to escape. We see her kind of running toward the camera. And then they cut to the ghosts that they're focusing on. And then we see her kind of in the scene with all of them. And that's it.
1: Yeah. And I feel like that could have been... A movie that was fairly uh, not... It was not well-reviewed when it came out. And it cost a lot of money to make because the effects are awesome. It could have been so much better if we just had a little bit meatier, you know, uh, um, backstory with these characters and, like, just a little bit more um, engagement with them. Because you also kind of want to know... Do they do they all want to harm the people? There's the the prince one, um, the fallen prince, I think is what it's called. And um, you pointed out they're they're definitely way more of a tarot archetype than they are like right zodiac than, than a zodiac. Yeah,
0: yeah, they're definitely more major major arcana of the tarot deck. So like, um, if you're unfamiliar, you know the major arcana of the tarot has different roles and characters so like you have uh the fool the empress the high priestess the sun the moon the tower uh judgment things like that and and those are based more on archetypes whereas the zodiac is based more on constellations which are based on mythology and so this is more more like tarot than astrology than than
1: uh the most commonly used astrology i guess i'll say yeah and I I'm sure that it was just because it was twelve. And they were like, Well that's easy because there's yeah. twenty two major arcana cards, so they're like, Well, we can't just leave ten off, so I guess we're can't just gonna we have to make it so arc- ghosts. That'd be so many they're like, <laughs> so Look ghosts. thirteen ghosts, perfect amount. Twenty two ghosts, way too many ghosts. <laughs> but because technically there's actually fourteen ghosts because the mother and the child don't yeah. they should probably count separately. Yeah, they should. But it's the- cheating. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could count a mother and child as this one symbiotic being, if you want to, which they they obviously took the license of doing. Yeah, and I don't know if that had, because uh, I have not personally seen the original. I don't know if in the original was was it archetypal? Was it like,
0: um, somewhat? They they did have art. Arch- sort of archetypal ghosts in mm-hmm. the original, some of which correspond with the ones in this movie, some okay. of which don't, but they, they didn't really try to put as much implied mythology into the original. Um, the glasses were in the original as well. Right. Um, it was not, it was definitely not
1: as complicated as this one. Um, <laughs> yeah, it
0: works better. Simplicity is better.
1: in oh, film. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, the other thing the um Cyrus's girlfriend she oh. is kind of she kind of comes out of nowhere right mm-hmm. um she she's in the very beginning of the movie there's there's kind of this I, I, honestly, it's kind of a throwaway scene. The beginning of the movie is kind of a throwaway scene. it sets the stage, but it is so unnecessary to the storytelling, and I feel like they could have probably recovered ten minutes of the movie if they just said cut that out. But it's a a scene where Matthew Lillard's character and Cyrus are out at a junkyard, and they're um, they're capturing one of these thirteen ghosts that are Which necessary. Which ghost? Which ghost? We have are they no capturing? idea. Is it's apparently a serial killer from the. the very sparse amount of dialogue that they have about this, because he was talking about, Oh, I thought you said that there were 12 victims. There's 40 victims here because Matthew Lillard is a medium. And apparently he knows that there's a bunch of victims in this, this, uh, uh, junkyard, but we don't figure out which ghost it is. We never see it. We only see that he's tearing up one of these, uh, one of the people who are there to help contain them. But in the course of this, we see, um, This woman, who we later find out is actually Cyrus's secret girlfriend. Though I'm not sure if that happens before or after this encounter. Seems like after. Well. Because doesn't he, like, capture her? Uh, Or they're, like, caught trying to sabotage this?
0: They're caught trying to sabotage it, but I think it's implied that that's where Cyrus died. Oh. Died. I see. In in air quotes, because he didn't actually die. So maybe right. maybe her function there was to appear to sabotage so they could fake his death. Okay. I didn't put those pieces together. Yeah.
1: I I think I think that was the function of it. I guess. The big problem I had with her is wh- number one, what is a Quicksilver flare? She <laughs> she just throws that out like, Oh, I've got these quicksilver flares, they'll protect us against yeah, the what ghost. Is that? I, I, I googled it really quick while we were watching it. I can't find anything about Quicksilver protecting you against ghosts. Yeah, it feels like you would use that against a werewolf. Right? Or, like, anything else.
0: Yeah. Vampires. Some vampire lore.
1: You would, you would think that since they know that this, like, ecto bar glass is what protects you, they'd have riot gear made out of that. You would think.
0: Or, it like, would, crystals or something.
1: Exactly. It, like... Okay, Quicksilver flares? What? And also this lady is traipsing around this house with a Quicksilver flare, which is lit, and she's got a bag full of explosives. It makes no sense.
0: Oh, so the other thing that makes no sense is now. now I'm thinking back. So we see that scene as like the family is on their way to the house. Mm-hmm. You know, they, okay, we've inherited this house. We're gonna go see the fancy house we inherited with the weird, creepy lawyer guy (laughs) who's kind of also a throwaway character. Yes. And you see Matthew Lillard's character, Dennis, like, getting his little fake jumpsuit on that's going to get him into the house pretending to be with the power company. And you see her, like, packing the flares and explosives. Yeah. So why is she carrying explosives around if she's Cyrus's girlfriend and she's in on it was that was that like a fail safe like oh if everything goes south we're gonna blow the house up and go to our backup our our backup ghost house because it head canon is that they have many ghost houses (laughs) around the world
1: yeah because this movie is more interesting in my head than it is (laughs) in the actual execution it takes so much work though to capture all the ghosts that would take for multiple ghost houses so maybe, oh, maybe yeah. they, maybe they like build the architecture of it because it's very complex. Yeah. There's like a big gear thing that looks really complicated. There's moving walls, there's sliding rooms. There's a big gigantic gyroscopic 12 ringed floor thing at one point. So maybe they're building the architecture for it because that seems pretty labor intensive. Yeah. But then the ghosts are just cu- like, they and just get them. Like the second Death Star. <laughs> like they've got a backup somewhere. <laughs> they're like, oh, well, now I got to go to the backup one. Geeesh, I'm just gonna have to text Jimmy or call. Well, there's this was before text messages. I have to, for, I have to remember that. Um, I just have to call Jimmy and tell him to, you know, <laughs> dust the house off or something. <laughs> but the the other thing is we we were we were talking about these ghosts, like how they're acquiring these ghosts, and it seems like they're over uh, a large period of time, right? Like. There's some very old ghosts, and then there's a lot of, like, more modern ghosts that seem like they may maybe existed in a more recent situation. But how do they, like, how do you find out that these ghosts died in whatever specific way is required for you to use them for this ritual?
0: And how do you draw them out? Yeah. That was the other thing. Like, so you've got the medium who's part of the team. Mm-hmm. And, and he says, like, I helped Cyrus capture all these
1: ghosts. How do you, you know? Well, in the beginning, it's just a truck full of blood.
0: <laughs> okay. <'Cause- laughs> so
1: chthonic offerings. Yes. Okay. Okay. Because he, he, there's a part where, um, that's right. Yeah. Where he's like, oh, a truck full of blood. Are you, are you effing serious? Or, or like, are you shitting me or something? Uh, yeah, that was, that was great. Um, yeah, so just a truck full of blood. They're just in this area, and they just, like, have a truck full of blood, and they just spray it all over the place. And they're like, this will bring the ghosts, because ghosts can smell blood.
0: What if they accidentally lured a vampire there,
1: too? Or really any carnivore. There's just yeah. wolves. Coyotes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The coyotes <laughs> are like, what is happening? Um. Yeah, like... That The movie just would have been much better. I feel like I would have connected with it more. Maybe if there was even a sequel, um, when we were watching it, uh, that it was actually brought up like, where do the ghosts go?
0: Yeah, they just, at the end, they're just kind of wandering off. And it's like, the so the mother character, we see her in her... I swear, I'm going to sound like I'm talking about Pokemon here. We see her in her final form. Um, we, we see the mother, when we see her as a captured ghost, we see her in her burned state. You know, mm-hmm. half her face is burned. She's wearing a hospital gown. She's hooked up to an IV. We see her at the end. She's she's the mom right. again. Um, and she appears, you know, not even like in a ghostly form. She looks like a solid human being. Yeah. And then she fades away. Or I'm, I guess we're implying that she goes to heaven or yeah. her soul is at peace. The rest of the ghosts, however, <laughs> are just wandering off yeah. outside.
1: And where we're, are they going? We're talking about tw- uh, 11 of the most dangerous, like violent, actually able to touch people ghosts that exist. And they're just like, well, the house blew up, so I guess they're all gone. It's like, okay, well, none of their souls are at rest or whatever. Yeah. So what's going to happen to them? Somebody and their neighbors are just screwed at this point. Oh, yeah. All these ghosts go into this neighbor's house and they can't see them because they don't have the glowy light goggles or whatever. They're just going to get torn apart. And it's just going to be a situation where they just tear through everything. Yeah. Because the ghosts didn't seem specifically mad at who trapped them. They just seemed generally... angry. Yeah. Generally pretty... T.o'd about yeah. their situation in life and the and i don't know if this was all fake but uh cyrus's girlfriend's character was like oh well you're you're enslaving these souls and that's why they're so mad and s- so i was like okay well maybe because they're not enslaved anymore they're not mad but it's like the hammer has railroad spikes through his face i'm pretty sure he's still mad <laughs> He seems pretty mad.
0: Yeah, and we don't we don't see him like <laughs> as a normal dude right. at the end. No,
1: they're all like still in their totally messed up state. The jackal still wearing a weird cage on her head because mm-hmm. she was it looked like she's wearing a straitjacket, so probably some sort of mental institution or psych ward. She looks like that when she gets out. It's not like they evaporate into space. Like they're still angry violent ghosts (laughs) walking around in the woods yeah or or like what if they were like man uh, yeah so we're out but like there's that whole family still in there we could just go back in there because there's a big gaping hole in the side of this glass house that we could just get back inside of so having something like a um like a sequel or something where we see what ends up happening to these because these ghosts were also taken from wherever they were haunting so do they go back to being violent ghosts wherever it was that they were summoned from or pulled from or trapped, I guess.
0: Yeah. It's funny because you said sequel and the first sequel that came to mind was Blair Witch Book of Shadows. (laughs) I'm like, we need that team on these ghosts.
1: Yes. Yes. (laughs) That would be awesome to just have. I mean, even I was just thinking like an anthology, Mm -hmm. Where you just have, like, real short sketches of, like, what, maybe where they came from and then also what they're up to. That could be really cool.
0: You could, oh, man. See, I just, I want to write this better than it is. I'm like, okay, so you get, like, a team of, like, paranormal investigators and they're the rap story. And then each of the individual stories whether this is a comic or a Netflix series or whatever, is yeah. the backstory of each ghost. Yeah. And we get the backstory as they're catching them or attempting to catch them or something.
1: Or even like a memory. Like, yeah. oh, this is how I got into it. This is the the story I cut my teeth on. You know, it, it, you can do it in so many different ways. You could totally creep show it into being like mm-hmm. something really cool and cohesive. And uh, I love a good anthology. I freaking love anthologies. I'm like obsessed with them. I'll watch Literally any of them, even the VHS, the later VHS ones. I'll watch those too. But that, it really could do, like, if we're talking about reboots, everything's getting rebooted, everything's getting remade and reimagined and new lifeblood entering them. Why not pick this back up? I mean, yeah, you've got the original. Yes, you have the 1960 version. You want to pay homage to that. But what if we took some of the stuff that wasn't in the 1960 version and we injected new life into that and made that into something that could be really cool and would maybe turn people back towards the the source material. Dear Jason Blum <laughs> and or Shutter Execs. Yes. Make Call. this happen. Call
0: us. We, we've got it. We-
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll write it for you. Yeah. A, a producer credit, special thanks, whatever, whatever. We'll, we can figure that out. There will be
0: ghosts. There will be cults. It'll be amazing. Yes.
1: That will bring back Tony Shaloub, We'll bring back F. Murray Abraham. I haven't seen either of them in stuff. Uh, I don't think I've seen F. Murray Abraham in anything since uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh, yeah. I don't even know about Tony Shaloub. Because uh, I never watched Monk, so...
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't
1: know what he's doing now. Bring him back, Shannon Elizabeth. Maybe she's a paranormal investigator now. Oh, that'd be fun. The little boy. He's a podcaster now. Yeah, we know he, it. He's like a ghost podcaster. Yeah, he's like, no, no. I'm gonna set up my special ghost podcasting equipment, and I am going to record the ghosts. Oh my gosh! So this a specific
0: joke, but I was about to say. And that little boy grew up to be Nick Silver.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh, that's great. Yes. And the Black Tapes were born. Yes. (laughs) The Black Tapes were born. Um, Yeah. So (laughs) I wrote down, why was this contrived at all? Did he want to torture his nephew? Not remembering that the whole hook of the movie is that uh, Cyrus wasn't dead. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Because I, I, it had been a really long time since I'd seen this movie, too, so I just f- had completely forgotten about that part of it.
0: Right, I was like, is Cyrus, because wa- at some point we see him, and it's almost implied that he is a ghost, and I'm mm-hmm. like, wait, is his ghost going to work with the other ghost? Is he the 13th ghost? Yeah.
1: Spirit. No, no, he's he's not a ghost at all. No, no, he's not a ghost. He wants to. <laughs> he went. He wants to control the Oculus Imperium, and all I can think of is rich people. All they want to do <laughs> is own the world, own as much money as possible, and then they want to ho- hunt down a bunch of ghosts so that they can see into hell. Why? Why would that be the thing? That <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Why he would want to see into hell because if he had bothered to watch Hellraiser he would have known (laughs) that if you look into hell you turn into a Cenobite and you lose all of your flesh
0: yeah yeah I mean he did make a house that looks like a giant puzzle box so maybe we were going in a crossover direction
1: that's true that's true which I mean we're kind of tearing into this movie but just like the house part is really one of the redeeming qualities. The house is super cool. And it could totally be used in other stuff. Like mm-hmm. maybe figuring out how he knew to make the house like that. How he <laughs> they call the glass in there Ecto Bar, which apparently because it has uh, Latin spells written on it, which I read in the trivia, it's actually the Lord's Prayer. So I know, less less uh, less interesting as than it could be. I suppose, but... Interesting. But, um...
0: They shot it backward the whole time, so I couldn't
1: read it. The The text
0: was almost always backward, and it was in that terrible font.
1: Yeah. It was, like, a mix between Bleeding Cowboy and... No, it's called... Mm, it's in... It starts with an F. Because um, I'm thinking about it, I'm like, it's not Edwardian. It's below Edwardian. It's, like, called... F- Fli- it's not Philippians, that's a... A book in the bible anyways my designer brain is going i'm like trying to figure out what it is but um yeah it's like how did he figure out that this who made this ectobar stuff like how do we know that that's what keeps the ghosts in um how did we figure out that like you can trap them in this but also live in it because it seems like he's living in it too but i mean at least there are beds and a bathroom in there that doesn't necessarily mean he is living there Because he's got to travel around and get the ghosts.
0: Yeah, the function of that house is confusing to me.
1: Yeah. Like, was his girlfriend staying there? That could be why she was like, oh, I slipped into the house. Uh, Uh, Maybe her packing the explosives and stuff was actually all inside the house. Oh, that's an interesting theory. Yeah. I don't know. Because she, 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 like, pops up kind of, like, maybe 40% 40% Forty percent into the movie, and it, they, she's just like, oh yeah, I slid into um, a crack in the house when the house was changing. It's like that doesn't seem very safe. No, I mean she does get squished in the that's end. True. So yeah, which that's that's another thing. We totally wrote a better ending for her. Kind mm-hmm. of offhand, she gets smushed. Cyrus's character like l- leaves her behind as he steps into another chamber in the house. And the shifting glass smushes her, which that effect didn't hold up to the the test of time. No, for all the effects that did hold up, that one did not. No. But uh, it would have been much more satisfying if she had, like, halfway escaped, where she's like, oh, I'm going to get out. And then the escaping ghosts are like, oh, no, you said that you supported us, but you were not, you were being fake. I mean, not really that they would even have that much emotion, but... I mean, tearing her apart would kind of be, like, the just desserts. Yeah,
0: it would have been cool if she would have, like, seemingly made it out into the woods and then been surrounded by the
1: ghosts. Yeah, like, the ghosts descend on her. We didn't take the time to watch the deleted scenes, so some of maybe our wish list is in the deleted scenes, but who knows? But also, like, it's got to be in the final movie. Exactly. You know,
0: like, I I love deleted scenes as
1: much as the next person, but also, like... That's the movie you chose to make. Exactly. Like, you can't have deleted scenes that make the movie better. You can only, like, you have to inspire people to love the movie that they get. Right. And, of course, you can watch those deleted scenes and be like, oh, my gosh, this is so great. I I love it so much more now. But, like, you have to already really like it in order to right. buy the DVD. Right. To, yeah. to get to the deleted scenes. Because you're not... It, this... Uh, I don't think this was a situation where they were playing the deleted scenes during the credits. Like, sometimes they do. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's a situation. And you can never bank on that. So I just feel like we spent so much time following this family around and, like, them getting chased and, like, figuring out the mechanics of the house that we didn't get to spend a good uh, chunk of time on, like, almost anything else. Well,
0: it's funny because you said figure out the mechanics of the house.
1: We don't even really know. Oh, that's true. How the
0: house works. Yeah. It's like we know there's glass Mm -hmm. and we know that there is a device. Mm -hmm. And when the Zodiac symbols line up on the floor, another ghost gets released Mm -hmm. and it's on some kind of timer. But even even those
1: mechanics are a little vague. And there's some weird levers that also are like. And yeah. Another thing is, Matthew Lillard's character ends up gesturing to this this symbol. And he's like, this symbol means the jackal. And I'm like, how do we know that? How, where do these symbols come from? Is this from some arcane language? Is this a, only a Cyrus language? Is this something very specific to him? I must know. Why doesn't it just say jackal? Right. Because... Why Why else, if all of these prayers or whatever, these inscriptions on the walls are what keep, what's keeping them in, why do we need a special symbol for just the word jackal? It looked like a J, but still, why? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. No. And also, I want to know, like, have they spent centuries trying to go after these ghosts and they can only capture these ghosts? Because this is 500 years we're talking about. This thing was was made, um, or at least designed, 500 years ago. What? Why has it been 500 years that it's taken for them to be able to catch these ghosts? And have they had some that have escaped? What has happened to them? I don't know. I'm I'm just like, I just want to know more about the ghosts. Yeah, I'm so focused on that.
0: (laughs) Any answer I come up with is completely my own logic, You know, the movie does not give us that information. I was about to be like, well, (laughs) it's because they have the ectobar cubes. And then I'm like, but they didn't tell us that. Right. I'm just inferring that.
1: So, like, I would love to know, is this something where, like, this guy made this in the 1500s and then they were only able to actually put this together, you know, in present day? Like, it's been 500 years and we've just been waiting and this dude's like, okay, I'm going to jump on this. I've got... Millions and millions of dollars. Here we go. So anyways, um, I just really like the ghost stories are so crunchy and the family story is so vanilla and I just don't care about them so much. Um, but yeah, the the guy who did this, I think his name is Steve Beck. He only did he only directed one other movie and it was Ghost Ship, <laughs> which is basically very similar in terms of story. Except it's on the ocean in a ship that nobody can escape. And if if I'm
0: recalling correctly, had similar critical reception. Very cool production design. Uh, that one a lot of a lot of really interesting color work. Like mm-hmm. almost everything had a blue tint. Um, really neat design on the ship and the ghosts. Very lackluster story, from what I'm recalling.
1: Yeah. Yep, and that one came out immediately after um, 13 Ghosted. So I would imagine he probably already had secured the funding for a Ghost Ship. And then afterwards, after both of them kind of fell flat, they were like, okay, no more. You can do other stuff, but you can't direct any <laughs> more this. movies. Because, I mean, now it seems like he kind of has a a rhythm. So if he tried to do it again, it would just be... It would be exactly the same. You'd be like, "No, this is way dated. We're beyond this now." So yeah, I just i I think I would say closing arguments. If this were a court case, um, more ghosts, more cults. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it. Just mo- more ghosts, some more cults.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll I'll piggyback off of that for my closing arguments. You know, um, it's pretty enough. Mm -hmm. That you're not going to feel like you wasted your time watching this. There's enough happening visually. Mm -hmm. And if you are a person like the two of us, um, you will find a way to entertain yourself with all of the questions that this film raises (laughs) and your own sort of like... I. I can appreciate a movie that sends me off into writer mode, you know, where I'm like, here's what I would have done. Here's what I would have done differently. So um, aside from the beautiful production value, like that's the value in this to me is now I'm like, I'm going to be like going home and be like, okay, so ghost cult. Yes. Here's (laughs) what I would do with ghost cult. And I don't know. As as somebody who likes
1: to write scary things, there's some value in that, I guess. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> um, Definitely check out the illustrations, too, of the ghosts that they kind of, like, they kind of breeze through it, which is a little lame, but the illustrations are super cool there, too. There's a lot of, like, really cool little things to zone in, hone in on, on, uh, in this movie, but overall, it's pretty enjoyable. It's really funny. I know we kind of tore into it, but we're using our critical thinking hats right now, definitely not a movie where you want to be thinking too critically yeah
0: no (laughs) don't spend too
1: much time on this one it's a popcorn movie it definitely check it out um i'm sure it's probably streaming somewhere i happen to have the dvd which you probably shouldn't run out and buy it but
0: (laughs) but if you can find it used somewhere it's gonna be dirt cheap yeah
1: it's probably like a 99 center so yeah thanks for listening to attack of the final girls Find us online at Attacking the, attack the Final Girls on Instagram and on Twitter at Final Girls Pod. Our theme music is by House Ghost and available on
0: Rad Girlfriend Records.
1: Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And tell your friends about us. I'm Julia. And I'm Teresa. Until next time, stay scary.